All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Indeed, praise God. Uh, The Lord provided for two widows in our stories today from God's holy word. In the Old Testament, we encounter the widow of Zarephath, who, as we heard, uh, was about to prepare the last meal for her and her son in preparation to then die. Because a great famine had been over all of the country, there was no food to be had. And so she was prepared and knew that with no sustenance, both she and her child would certainly die. And as a widow, uh, having lost her husband and the means of provision, if there had been provision, she would travail doubly subdued in her grief and in her travail in the way in which she was living. And yet Elijah comes and uh, through God's provision and through Elijah, there is enough food for them to continue on. The oil does not let out, neither does the grain. And so they are able to survive, clutched from the jaws of death. And then her child becomes sick ill and expires. Literally, there is no more breath in him. And she rails at God and she rails at Elijah. She is angry. And we know, don't we, that sad and mad are two sides of the same coin. Sometimes in our sorrow, we get really angry and lash out. Sometimes, even at God, but for some people, uh, they can't go there. So instead, they go to God's representative or whoever is close by. But Elijah completely ignores that, takes up the young boy, takes him and prays over him. O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the boy is restored alive to his mother. Just great rejoicing in that household in the midst of famine that there is life again in the house. And another widow, many, many years later in the town of Nain, outside of about five miles southeast of Nazareth, the town is villages of the shore of the Sea of Galilee. So whether or not those villagers knew Jesus, we don't know. From the story, it looks like he came upon the scene and he's not immediately recognized. But she also has been left alone 
She has already buried her husband. And now another grief upon grief. Some of you will know about stacking grief. One grief you think you might have dealt with, but another one comes along. And all of the griefs that you have, that have come upon you, burst out. And this is the situation for this woman, for this widow of Nain, compounded grief. And it's into this scene that Jesus steps with his ragtag band of disciples. Now, if you back up and remember last week's gospel reading, it was the story of the centurion and the healing of the centurion's servant. But although the healing was uh, part of that story, the focus of that story was about the faith that the centurion had that Jesus just had to say a command from a distance and the servant would be healed. There is no faith mentioned in this story. There is no calling out to Jesus to heal. He steps into a situation and his compassionate heart reaches out immediately, unasked, unbidden, except for the depths of his compassionate heart, And he goes up to the widow, leans over and says, don't weep. And then he places his hand on the bier and says to the young man, young man, I say to you, rise. Let's go back into that scene. Let's just, it's a different culture, but let's just walk into the scene and see all the contours of what is going on. The procession is coming out of the village. And in that day in the Middle East, and even today in the Middle East, in a small town like that, a village, they would all have been there. They would all have known this family. They would have known the widow. They would have seen the young boy growing from a baby to a toddler to a young lad to now a young man. They knew intimately each other's stories, kind of like our fellowship under the word groups, where we get to intimately know the lives of those in the group, care for them very deeply, pray for them, are part of each other's lives. So the village is coming out. And back in that day, we hear, the procession would have been accompanied by mourners and wailers whose job it was to cry out loud. Now, in this culture, we kind of think, that's a bit show-offish, isn't it? It's kind of a little bit, you know, you're on a stage. Is it, is it not a little bit over the top? But think about it. When you're grieving, you just break out in tears at the craziest thing. And so they're there, 
So that the person whose grief is the deepest, who's, who is affected the most, is able to cry unashamedly, unabashedly. They don't need to stuff it in. We do such a disservice to those who grieve in this culture, in all of Western cultures, by allowing a little bit of crying for a little time, but then it's almost the subtext is, but get over it. This is a healthier way, isn't it? It's a healthier way so that everybody is crying and wailing and you can just let go of all the grief. Get it out. And so there are wailers. There are those carrying bottles of oil for anointing the body in death. So the perfume of that nard, of that oil, the perfumed oils will be wafting along as they're walking along in the procession. And there are specific people who have been set apart to carry the corpse. Because to come anywhere close to a dead body is unclean. It's why they're leaving the village to a burial place outside of the town. Probably a cave like Lazarus was buried in and like another son, Jesus, was buried in. And so they're going into a place where she will be reminded yet again that her dead husband lies there. And into that scene, Jesus comes. And in the crowd from a distance, you see him bend over and speak a word to her. And there's something about her that straightens up a little bit from what he has said. And then in horror, you watch as he goes and he touches the beer. He's now unclean. He's close to the corpse. And then in amazement, he addresses the corpse. And then in astonishment, you see the corpse sit up. And the corpse is no longer a corpse and begins to speak. And Jesus takes the young man by the hand, brings him down from his deathbed and gives him whole to his mother. You see, Jesus' compassionate heart did all of that. No faith is shown No faith is spoken of. No request has been made. He has merely seen the broken heart of the widow and has entered into the scene. So now, what's your scene? Where are you? Where is dread in your life? What are you looking forward to that might hold some fear for you? Where are you right now? that you are maybe in a place of sorrow, a place of anger, a place of frustration, a place of need. Just place yourself there. And hear Jesus, 
Do not cry. Do not weep. I am here. See him reach out his hand to touch. Hear the command. Just give it all to him. He might not answer exactly how you would want him to. But his presence is enough. His presence is all you need. Great is his faithfulness. There was a pediatric oncologist whose name was Diane Comp, treating children with cancer. A highly trained physician, she used to be an agnostic. That was before Anna died. Anna was a little girl who had leukemia back in the days when recovery from that illness was rare. And as death came close, her parents, the hospital chaplain, and Dr. Comp gathered at her bedside. Before she died, Dr. Comp writes, Anna mustered the final energy to sit up in her hospital bed and say, The angels! They're so beautiful, Mummy. Can you see them? Do you hear them singing? They're so beautiful, Mummy. And then she lay back on her pillow and died. The chaplain, who was uncomfortable with all this, left quickly, leaving the agnostic Dr. Comp to help these grieving Christian parents. What she remembers is that Anna's parents were deeply comforted by what had happened. As if they had been given the most precious gift in all the world. Together, we contemplated a spiritual mystery, says Dr. Comp, that transcended our understanding and experience. And Diane Comp was an agnostic no more. See, Jesus' compassionate heart in his incarnation in the streets of Galilee and Judea is still present because he still lives. Because although he went to the tomb, the tomb on Easter morning was empty. And so he lives now and he sees your place of need. And he sees your place of pain. And he knows your frustration. And he knows your anger. And he comes and he bends low. And he whispers to you, Shh, do not weep. I am here. Amen.